right, you're listening to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Tuesday afternoon. Now, let's turn to our first topic and guest of today. Uh, we're talking about what companies can do to support mental health uh, for their employees. And to mull over this big topic, I'm joined by the wonderful Alison Halexa, a psychotherapist at OTP Mindworks. Welcome to the program, Alison, and thank you very much for joining us this afternoon. Thank you so much, Shireen, and thank you um, just for, for opening up this topic for discussion, which I think is hugely important right now. Absolutely, with the amount of anxiety going around because of the coronavirus. And actually, a lot of people are working uh, remotely, you know, not necessarily in the office. Uh, sometimes they're working from home. Sometimes I see them working in a coffee shop, sort of uh, cramming a lot of coffees just so that they can um, yeah. save a space uh, in the coffee shop. Yeah, totally. It's it's just been a you know it's been a one-two punch here in Hong Kong, and I think you know we're all trying to do the best the best that best with what we can, and that includes sometimes you know finding different spaces to work and and trying to even upgrade those spaces as small as they might be. Absolutely, because I, I worked from home uh, yesterday, um, and it, it and I have two 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 young children, and you know while they they had their nap time, so I was able to focus a little bit. But when they woke up, I just had to say to my helper, I, "I'm going to lock myself in the room for a little bit so that I can I can do some work." And you know, Hong Kong apartments are so small, so I could still hear them sort of you know outside saying, "Mommy, mommy, come out! What are you doing?" <laughs> yeah, we have different bosses these days, right? And they're, they're little people. And, and I think, you know, it, it's interesting because so many of us just fantasize day in, day out about the ability to work from home. And then when the reality hits, it's just, it's a very different setup than what the fantasy kind of fools us into believing. Absolutely. So with this topic, you know, what can companies do to, to support mental health? I mean, have businesses in Hong Kong sort of recognized the importance of, of mental health? Yeah, it's a great question. I, I would say, look, you know, most businesses are still pretty severely lacking in this area, but the landscape is starting to change. And, you know, at OTMP, we're, we're actually kind of on the front lines of trying to help change that landscape because I think what's happening is that businesses thought for too long they could just ignore people's mental well-being. They didn't really make the connection between mental well-being and fortitude and the ability to be productive and focused. But as we know, you know, most businesses are about the bottom line. They are about um, productivity. And so I think making that very strong connection that first and foremost, you've hired humans, right? We're, we're not we're not yet at the robots, point of, of replacing yeah. our humans with, with robots, but you have hired humans. And with that come mental health challenges. And if you address those, employees not only feel more valued, but also they're, they're more likely to be productive and to be able to focus on, on what the company wants them to be doing anyway. Yeah. So, yes, ultimately, I think Marine businesses have not done enough, but I am I am happy to say that I am seeing some change in the landscape. And one of the silver linings, I think, of this one-two punch we've experienced in Hong Kong has actually been this outgrowth of mental health awareness at companies. And, again, it's certainly at OTMP, we're doing all that we can with all the corporate workshops, all the trainings, all the online training and, and coaching and, and counseling to really make sure that we we are really on the front lines of making that change happen. Yeah. So what you know, what can companies do to support uh, mental health? Well, what sorts of initiatives uh, should corporates be looking at? Yeah. So, you know, there's really a range of different initiatives. So sometimes what we do is that we go into companies and we take a look at kind of what systems are already in place. 
and we use those systems to really upgrade to leverage on them um, and have have employees kind of access different resources within the company. And then we do, you know, again, the outside training through OTNP. So that can take the form of many different things. It can be workshops on one specific topic. So, um, for example, resilience or stress reduction or focus or productivity, or it can just be sort of a general housekeeping, like putting together a bunch of employees and checking in with everyone, making sure that they have the space to express their emotions and gain that support. We do some training with, um, you know, with leaders and kind of how to help them manage different mental health needs um, of, the, of their employees. So really, there's a range of what companies can do. So sometimes it's, again, leveraging what they've already have, and sometimes it entails coming in and just introducing these new ideas, these new workshops, these new coaching sessions, um, these new counseling sessions, group, group work, individual work. Um, and, and that's something that we really do an excellent job with is just, again, identifying the true needs and then supporting that. Another thing that we're seeing often, you know, especially right now with what's going on and people working remotely, is we're doing a lot of the trainings virtually. And that's really kind of serving two purposes because, one, it's addressing the mental health needs of the employees by working remotely. And it's also allowing employees to feel more connected with their with their coworkers because, one of the things that people are facing right now working from home is a sense of isolation. So, yeah, we do it in-house, we do it online, um, and, and it can take various forms. Yeah. What, what sorts of workshops uh, do you sort of uh, help corporates with? Can, can you give us an example? Sure. So, you know, we do workshops, um, you know, on resilience training in terms of kind of mental fortitude. We talk about stress reduction. We talk about ways to um, navigate some of the challenges at home and how to still be able to focus and be productive during the workday. We help kind of groom people to be able to work remotely, um, work remotely when they have to. Which obviously you can imagine we're doing a lot of a lot of those trainings these right days. Now, yeah. yeah, yeah, and also just you know in- increasing cooperation amongst employees, working as a team. So you know all of that has been quite um, quite popular lately. Yeah, part of it is also making wellness a, a priority, uh, which, yes. you know, do, are we seeing a lot of that in Hong Kong companies or is it, are we lagging behind uh, compared to sort of uh, uh, new companies, maybe uh, companies uh, or new startups, they seem to have, you know, uh, wellness days and whatnot, whereas like bigger companies uh, may, may, may be more old fashioned in their thinking. Is that is that true? Yeah, I mean, I think that there, you know, it, it depends because older companies have the benefit of often having more resources. Yeah, that's right? right. So there are times that we've been able to go into some of the big firms, some of the big companies and banks in Hong Kong, and because more resources are available, they're actually kind of more generous in terms of what support they're able to offer their staff. But I think you're right that you're highlighting um, getting to that point is sometimes a bit more challenging with the older companies, especially if they are successful because they sort of, you know, fall into that thinking that they can just continue doing what they've done in the past and, and still, still be succeed. productive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the best, the best companies are really the ones who, um, you know, regardless of having deep pockets or not, really can make the very, very strong, unshakable connection between, you know, mental fortitude and, and, and productivity. Um, so those are the ones who kind of start to prioritize this corporate work where they see it's kind of, it's kind of necessary. Um, and if, if companies are not doing it, 
you know, I often wonder why not, because, again, it's, it's one of those keys to having the employees be as productive as possible. Yeah. I mean, some companies will have these measures and, and, and have sort of an open door dialogue where if you, if employees are facing troubles, they can sort of report back. But, you know, a lot of the times maybe employees feel there's a stigma and, sure. you know, part of it is also about reducing the stigma and, and letting employees know that it's safe to sort of tell, to talk about these feelings. But culturally, you know, people keep their feelings to themselves here in Hong Kong. So how do we, um, you know, raise an awareness around that? Yeah, I think it's a great point, and it's something, you know, we face all the time when, when we're working with corporations. It's just sometimes the, the cultural divide that's very real in terms of the exposure of feelings, um, sometimes feeling like the, the feelings are actually irrelevant and they just need to be tucked away at work. So, you know, we never we never try to get people to be touchy-feely or, or woo-woo-ish if they're, if they're not like that. But what we try to do is just you know, make, again, that strong connection between your emotional fortitude and how well you're able to kind of perform at work and, and how well, you know, you're able to, to, um, to connect at home. And so we often kind of just normalize that all of us, you know, do have emotional challenges. I'll often get leaders in companies or different managers to, to express a little bit about their experiences, again, to help normalize it. But what we do also is that we don't, again, force anyone to talk or, or force anyone to kind of come out of their comfort zone unless, you know, unless they would like to. And so we often will use these workshops or these trainings to just let them know that support is available. So even if they don't talk about it right in front of us or they don't talk about it in front of their co- coworkers, you'd be surprised how many do actually get in touch afterwards to say that they do want to seek individual counseling or they do need marriage counseling or they need some support for their family. So just because people are not doing it in front of their coworkers doesn't mean that ultimately they're not seeking support. But you are right that there still is a very um, strong stigma, which, again, that's that's one of our, our big missions really at OTP to just kind of normalize these experiences that there's something wrong with people that, um, you know, we, we all we all suffer at times. Exactly. I think you raised an excellent point earlier about uh, working from home. You know, we all have this fantasy of, of, you know, oh, how great would it be if we can work from home, you know. But once you're there, the reality is, you know, it, it can be it, it can be a bit small. It can be a bit noisy if you've got children running around. Um, it actually distracts you um, from, from what you're supposed to do at home. Um, so... Um, since the outbreak of the coronavirus, you know, so many employees are working from home. Um, is this an advantage or sort of a disadvantage for their well-being? Yeah, you know what, it's it's a very interesting question because you're right. I mean, as we as we said earlier, this is this is the fantasy of most people. When I go into corporations and ask them what they want more of, they pretty much all say flexibility and. You know, some people conflate that with, with autonomy, but in some form or another, they want some command over their schedule and their decision. So once they get it by being able to work remotely, yeah, the, the fantasy doesn't exactly translate so smoothly for most of us. So what happens is a lot of people go from working in an office setting, and they think that that's just going to perfectly translate into their home setting, not accounting for all the distractions, not accounting for the emotional load of having kind of no buffer at home and being in the face of, you know, whether it's a dog, it's a cat, it's the kids, it's um, it, all these different things that kind of get in the way. So what I always tell people is, you know, to be very, very conscious about the transition from the workplace to working at home, that this takes a real effort. So 
you want to take a very close look at your working space. And for most of us in Hong Kong living living in shoeboxes, we don't have much space. So we've got to be super, super clever about how we upgrade that space, how we use it, how we maximize, you know, ergonomically everything, um, everything around us in terms of being able to work. So making sure we have appropriate lighting, making sure that the um, the laptop is stacked up with enough enough books, so it's at it's at a good eye level, and so on. And we also really need to take very very seriously kind of our emotional needs um, during that time. So again, it's really about um, blowing up this this idea that that my work in the office is the same as how I'm going to be when I'm working from home, and taking very very conscious steps to upgrade your workspace to think about when you do have openings to be productive. So even if it's when the kids go to sleep, you know, looking for those, looking for and really creating those openings um, and just making sure that you, you do inject kind of some regular self-care throughout the days because when you're working from home, the other thing that happens is it's very easy, especially now with the virus, just to stay inside all day, not really care for yourself, and the day just goes. So it is absolutely a conscious effort. It's something that can be done. And, and again, we're working with a lot of people to make that um, a smooth and successful transition. But usually it doesn't happen without a considerable amount of effort. And people are different, right, Noreen? I mean, some people do really well working remotely, as in, um, you know, they're very self-motivated. They have the space or kind of the, the headspace to be able to do it, whereas other people just need more support. And again, it's not better or worse. It's just, it's different and you have to, you have to be real with those differences. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I found myself more anxious working from home because yeah, you, in the office, <laughs> my email sort of automatically updates itself and, mm. and it goes through the server. But at yeah. home, I was sort of clicking the refresh button sort of every right. five <laughs> minutes just to make sure I didn't miss any emails. And it became yeah. like a weird habit. And I know no, nobody's going to email me every five minutes, but I just kept hitting refresh, <laughs> reload, just in case. And um, it's just this odd, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I just wanted to to make sure I was really working because, you know, now I'm working at home. I've got to really be working. Um, and, um, and, you know, the, and also the lines between the work-life balance blurs because I find myself sort of still checking my email at about 9 p.m. And, I, you know, on yeah. a regular work day, I'd be like, OK, I'm done. But at home, I was like, oh, well, what if the server at home didn't make, what if the email didn't come through? I better check it again at 9 p.m. before bedtime. Um, so it, it, it impacted on my work-life balance, I felt. Yeah, totally. And I, and I think that, you know, it's another thing, um, you know, I, I, I should have mentioned when you asked, like, what kind of initiatives we, we work with at companies, because actually a lot of what we do as well is just around boundaries, right? So, like, yes. you know, when you're translating your workday from the office where you have kind of these imposed boundaries in some ways, you have to be very conscious, again, about what boundaries you need at home. So, you know, does that mean that you're checking your email at all hours? Does it mean that you still put on your work clothing when you get up? Does it mean that you create a schedule for yourself? Does it mean that you have regular check-ins with employees? And, you know, without discussing this, a lot of it goes out the window. And you're right that the that that kind of elusive work balance just completely goes out the window because um, it's in some ways so much flexibility, but you're not not necessarily kind of being healthy about that, right? Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, it also comes down to the trust between the employers and the employees, yeah. um, because, you know, people might think, oh, just because you're at home, you're not doing uh, a lot of work or or, yeah. or 
or whatever you know you um like the like the like the hikers from Hang Sang Bank um they went uh, hiking um on on their off well they weren't off but um they were working they were supposed to be working from home but they went on a hike instead and a lot of people said well you know good for them for you know getting some fresh air it's work life balance they're doing work but they're also you know focusing on their well-being and then some people said mm. well they should be working really they shouldn't be hiking um yeah. it also comes down to a bit of trust between the employees and the employers yeah it's been, uh, the lives of others right how easy it is to to judge people's choices from afar so yeah not sure what was going on with with the hanging bankers and what the boundaries were with the company and them but i can say that you know it's it's absolutely trust is one of the biggest things um that we're we're really looking at when we look at employees working remotely and also you know people have different ways of measuring productivity right so there are some people who might go on that hike for 2 or 3 hours and then they might stay up till midnight doing their work and that might be okay for them whereas exactly. some people if they do that they're just going to kind of implode so i don't know if there's really a one size fits all it does require trust but i think it's a type of trust where the trust has to be discussed the boundaries have to be discussed the targets have to be made explicit the expectations have to be made explicit and so that way no one's kind of you know in the dark wondering if what they're doing is okay but rather it's better when these things are just brought to the surface and that's what we again work with a lot when we talk about boundaries is that you know trust is trust is something you have to be very conscious about to to build um with your team members Absolutely. Well said, Alison. Well, on this note, it's a good thing to be investing in mental health in the workplace. It's good for business and if our listeners uh, want to know more information, they can also uh, get in touch with uh, Alison Alexa, who's a psychotherapist at OT&P Mindworks and you can also find her and contact her on uh, Rethink uh, the Couch. You can find out more on rethinkthecouch.com. Meanwhile, thank you so much for your time this week, Alison, and I look forward to having you on the program uh, in person next time. as RT, as you know RTHK has this new policy where we're keeping our guests safe uh, by not having them in the studio I I'm very much looking forward Noreen to seeing you again in person and being back at RTHK I just want to let the the listeners know that at OTMP we are having a free webinar this Thursday at 1:30 p.m. for HR professionals who want more insight in terms of what services we offer companies to really help them again with a lot of what we discussed today so If anyone out there is interested please get in contact we'd love to to have people from your company get involved and, and really upgrade the the mental health care that all of you receive it's my pleasure Noreen always to talk to you have a wonderful rest of the day and I'll look forward to connecting again soon yes for sure thank you very much to Alison Alexa a psychotherapist at OTMP Mindworks <laughs>